Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I'm happy that you found me, but more importantly, I am thrilled that you have found Jesus. Friends, there is power in the name of Jesus. And as we journey together, we'll be unleashing discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into ones of moldable clay for our potter, Jesus, to transform. If you're new to our show, you'll find that this podcast is built upon a foundation of biblical truths. And being a podcast, when I interject an opinion, I make sure to let you know it's only my opinion and not a statement of fact. So hopefully you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. Periodically, friends, we'll be delving into my mailbag answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, friends, let's take time now and prepare ourselves to enter into God's presence today. Allow me to speak a blessing over your life. Now, this blessing comes to us in the form of a benediction given to us by Moses' brother, Priest Aaron. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Well, I want to welcome you back if you're continuing on this journey with us, or if this is your first time listening to this podcast, then welcome. Today, we're continuing on and we're looking into the book of James. Now, James provides us with solid, practical advice for living out the Christian life. Faith is the foundation and the content of God's message. Now we pick back up at James chapter 2 verses 17 and 18. So you see, it isn't enough just to have faith. Faith that doesn't show itself by good deeds is no faith at all. It is dead and useless. Now someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. I say, I can't see your faith if you don't have good deeds, but I will show you my faith through my good deeds. You see, our salvation is not earned. It has nothing to do with you or me, and it has everything to do with whose we are, who we belong to. Serving and obeying God does not give us saving salvation. However, the actions of service and obedience shows that our commitment to God is real. We must understand being kind and acting or performing real deeds of loving service are not a substitute for, but rather a verification of our faith in Christ. Paul says this in Romans chapter 3 verse 28. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. James and Paul look to be at odds with one another at first pass of this reading, but looks can be deceiving. Let me explain why. When we press in deeper into these teachings, they're stating the same finding. We can never earn salvation and true faith always results in a changed life and good deeds. 
Paul speaks against people who try to be saved by deeds instead of true faith. James speaks against those who confuse intellect with true faith. Chapter 2, verses 19 and 20 asks us, Do you still think it's enough just to believe that there is one God? Well, even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. Fool, when will you ever learn that faith does not result in good deeds is useless? So we see even the demons know who Jesus is. Here, this is a demonstration of faith, yet they don't obey him. You see, they have no deeds or no action. True faith involves a commitment of our whole self to God. Furthermore, James provides us with an example from the Old Testament of Abraham and his sacrifice of Isaac upon the altar. James said it was his faith made complete by what he did, or in other words, by his actions. Rahab is another example. She was made right with God by her actions. She hid messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. And she is mentioned as a great example of faith in the book of Hebrews. So James sums up both accounts stating we are made right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. And just as the body is dead without a spirit, so also faith is dead without good deeds. We are not justified by what we do in any way. Now, justification means God's act of declaring us not guilty for our sins, making us right with him. The bottom line is that faith brings us salvation. Active obedience demonstrates that our faith is genuine. Good deeds show themselves through the operation of the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the spontaneous work of the Holy Spirit within us. The Spirit produces these character traits that are found in the nature of Christ. They're the byproducts of Christ's control within us. We can't obtain them without His help. If we want the fruit of the Spirit to grow in us, we must join our life to His. We do this by remaining in Him, and He will remain in us. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. John chapter 15 verse 8 illustrates fruit this way. My true disciples, which means learners, produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my Father. When a vine produces much fruit, God is glorified. For daily he sent the sunshine and rain to make the crops grow, and constantly he nurtured each tiny plant and prepared it to blossom. What a moment of glory for the Lord of the harvest when the harvest is brought into the barns, mature and ready for use. He made it all happen. Through this agricultural example, we see how God is glorified. When people come into right relationship with him and begin to produce much fruit in their lives. Now, fruit, quote unquote, is not only limited to reaching and winning souls for God's kingdom. It also includes answered prayer, 
joy, and love. When we remain in Christ, we're standing upon these principles, believing that Jesus is God's son, receiving him as our savior and Lord, doing what God says, continuing to believe the good news gospel, relating in love to Christ's body of believers. Now, many people use the argument or the rationalization that they are good, honest people who do what is right. But Jesus says the only way to live a truly good life is to stay close to him like a branch attached to a vine. Apart from Jesus, our efforts are unfruitful. And previously, we touched on the royal command. That is the law of our great King Jesus. John tells us when we know Jesus, we love Jesus, we remember Jesus, and when we fulfill the intended purpose of the law, which is to love God and our neighbor, we also fulfill the royal command. When the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here, there's no conflict with the law. Now, I'm going to take a moment and explore some wrong desires versus what the fruits of the Spirit should look like operating within us. And this demonstrates to us the will of the Holy Spirit versus our sinful desires. They're opposites, really. For example, a wrong desire is evil, but the fruit of the Spirit is going to be good. Wrong desires are destructive, whereas the fruits of the Spirit operating within us are productive. Wrong desires cause a person to be easily ignitable. But when we have the fruit of the Spirit operating within us, we're difficult to ignite. And how about a wrong desire if it's difficult to stifle us? But the fruit of the Spirit makes it easy to stifle us, meaning to stop oneself from acting on emotion. Wrong desires are self-centered. Fruits of the Spirit show self-giving. Wrong desires are oppressive and possessive. Fruits of the Spirit are liberating, are freeing, and nurturing. Wrong desires are decadent, meaning very self-indulgent. But a fruit of the Spirit is going to be uplifting. And bear with me, just a couple more here. Wrong desires are sinful as opposed to holy. Wrong desires are deadly. They cause spiritual death and sometimes even physical death. Whereas fruits of the Spirit within us give us abundant life. Remember John 10.10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. So then vices rear their heads when God and others are neglected within our lives. So traits that show themselves as vices are going to be sexual immorality, impure thoughts, lust, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, anger, selfish ambition, divisions, conceit, envy, murder, idolatry, 
demonic activity, drunkenness, wild living, cheating, adultery, homosexuality, greed, stealing, and lying. Now, the Bible mentions many specific actions and attitudes that are either right or wrong. We just went over the list of wrong characteristics known as vices, but what about right virtues? We mentioned these earlier. These are the byproducts of living for God, and they include love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So just how do we live a life of both faith and exhibit a natural outpouring of good works? We actively work toward inhabiting the nine fruits of the Spirit into our lives via the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, Paul tells us there are three things that will endure— faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Love tops the nine fruits of the Spirit. Love involves unselfish service to others. To show it gives evidence that we care. Love is the greatest of all virtues. It is the power that moves us to respond to someone's needs with no expectation of reward. Joy is an inward hope and exuberance in spite of outward circumstances. Joy differs from happiness, which relies on favorable circumstances. Peace is both a supernatural calm amid chaos and the ability to bring harmony to divided factions. Patience is interchangeable with long-suffering. This is the quiet willingness to accept irritating or painful situations. Kindness is shown in our generosity and consideration toward others. Goodness is moral excellence. Faithfulness is enduring loyalty and trustworthiness. And gentleness is also known as meekness. You've heard meekness referenced as power under control. You see, gentleness, we see this exhibited as the power to control our reactions to difficult people and situations. It should not be confused with weakness. Paul puts it this way in Titus chapter 3, verse 2. They must not speak evil of anyone, and they must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. As Christians, our first allegiance is to Jesus as our Lord. But we also must obey our government and leaders as well. Christians are not above the law. Obeying the civil law is only the beginning of our Christian responsibility. Our obligation is to be good citizens. In a democracy, this means participation and willingness to serve. And the last of the nine fruits of the Spirit is none other than that of self-control. This is inherent when we have the ability to restrain inappropriate passions and appetites. We find that the godly wisdom James talks about produces self-control. And one last point pertaining to the fruits of the Spirit. They are characterized by either an inward 
outward or upward quality. For example, our inward qualities consist of self-control, gentleness, and faithfulness. Our outward qualities are goodness, kindness, and patience. And our upward qualities are peace, joy, and love. Now, what do I mean by inward, outward, and upward qualities of the fruits of the Spirit? When we embrace self-control, gentleness, and faithfulness, we're mindful in our expression of giving away a spirit or attitude of goodness, kindness, and patience to others. We then can rest in God's peace, His joy, and His love. So friends, if you have not been spiritually reborn, I'd ask you now, isn't this a good time? God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven. A person must confess belief in his son, Jesus, by professing with their mouth. Listen to what the apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God, and our sin was placed on to Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us at our conversion. We can never repay this extraordinary and extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. However, here's what we can do. We can show him gratitude by growing and making efforts to obey him, deepening our relationship daily. Today, friends, if this is you, respectfully, I come before you challenging you to take a bold step of courage, really lean in and press into your faith, openly confessing after me, Father God, today I'm repenting of any known and unknown sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. Jesus, I'm inviting you to come into my heart Take up full residency. Be the president over my life. I confess your shed blood washed away my sin from the top of my head to the soles of my feet at the cross on Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed this prayer of salvation, you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the Holy Spirit. And consider growing by joining a good Bible-based church, surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers who will build up and help edify your faith in Jesus. Now allow me to be the first person to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your life. Congratulations and God bless you. Friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special children's podcast airs on Wednesdays, so tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, how to be joyful, and what love and action looks like, biblical trust, and many more topics. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on an adventure of all things Jesus. 
And tomorrow we're going to be specifically looking at the book of James and controlling the tongue and how much power our tongue and our speech has within us. So please join me. And if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, ensuring that you're going to get the latest releases as they become available. And occasionally, friends, I will reference my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you find the content inspiring or compelling, you can pick up a copy from my website at pampastorcopywriting.com or Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. And importantly, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It is full of God's word and waiting for you to read it. Until next time, remember, you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 21, John blesses us by saying the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you.